guys i was like that's not a garbage bin that's my savings account (laughs) 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 oh hello there welcome to banter banter that was a terrible opening and i'm one of your best for sure manny i am also a host mike and i'm your hostiest host aaron a toasty hosty toast host and like hosts are want to do we're gonna haunt you for maybe the next half hour to an hour i don't know we're gonna be like a poltergeist in your ears <laughs> i i will only haunt you first because i haunt in your past oh okay i could haunt the future i guess i'll i'll take that one i guess that leaves a present for me ah uh, aaron ironic you're the jovialist of the group that is true. The, the middle ghost in the Christmas Carol was definitely the most jovial. You're a present to all of us. Thinking materializes was like a mug of ale. That is, if I if I didn't have a spirit animal before, I do now. <laughs> all right. So actually, uh, guys, tonight I wanted to get into a targeted topic. Danny reached out to us and wanted to you know, chat up his game library. And, you know, like we said back during our vanilla board game episode, there's a whole mess for us to talk about on that. Shut the front door. You mean we actually have our first listener submission well, I mean, for a topic? Yeah, I mean, our first. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Also, so. open the back door. Shut the front door. Open the back door. Turn on your video feed and f- fix your Skype recording. Because this is wild. What were you getting onto, Mike, the last time when we were recording? I touched on a smattering of games that I personally enjoyed when I interacted with them. That uh, I was introduced by one of my good friends who's no longer in the general vicinity. As he took a great opportunity to go up to the... Uh, American Northwest, but he, he had a gigantic, what's the best way to describe this collection? Uh, like a, a Neapolitan ice cream package of games. A Chex Mix, if you will. Yes. A Chex Mix of things. This is where I interacted with Small World, I played Dominion and several of the expansions of that uh, card game. Uh, I played one round of... Aaron, you're, you're going to have to remind me of the game because you mentioned uh, owning it and wanting to play it. Oh yes, uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill. Yes, that's it. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, and What's that one about? I've heard uh, more than a few things about it. Well, I was going to say, the best way for me to describe it in the one time I've played it is, in a strange way, it's kind of like the uh, playing like werewolves or vampires, if you've ever played that, like, around the campfire game. A group of people enter a house, after so many turns, one random person in the group becomes, like, the quote-unquote serial killer or murderer. Then... Everybody's goal is to escape the house before they all get slaughtered. Oh, sweet. 
So basically, it's like as if Mystery Inc. started investigating a crime and uh, had a really, really bad day. You Mystery want some Mystery Inc. Snacks yeah, I was about to say. Die? Mystery Inc. is for for maybe our younger listeners or people who don't know. Mystery Inc. is definitely Scooby Doo. Well, I hope they would know. They've made very many live action Scooby Doo movies. Mystery Inc. was the name of their investigation van. Van. Well, just they were right. company that never got. Man, paid. I don't know what they were. They weren't like I doubt they had a license to practice investigative haunting mysteries. Look, when you work with the Harlem Globetrotters, you can do anything you want. That's true, I suppose. I mean, that's what meddling kids do. So yeah, House on uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill is um, very good. Uh, yeah, as Mike said, it basically five strangers in our house, and slowly but surely, one is taken over by an evil force, and then that person then is put against the other players. And there's usually a set of conditions for either the person who's been taken over by evil to win and for the investigators to win and it's who can ever succeed in their goal first but one of the reasons i enjoyed that game is the map changes every time yes yes so it it's a build you build the map of the house first second basement floors as you as a an individual player move through it and everybody else moves through you quote-unquote sight of the whole house and then one of them becomes the evil doer and you don't know who it is until either you're dead or you escape yeah it's good like randomly generated tiles and if i remember correctly the game has 50 unique mysteries starting out and it just had an expansion a while back i think it's something about the widow I don't know. Oh, I haven't man. got the expansion. And also, uh, that just also got uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill got the legacy treatment, which basically the legacy is kind of a system where it adds story to the game. Like there's a pandemic legacy that basically it's about uh, humanity trying to save the world from, you know, super viruses. And you start in like January and go all the way through 12 months and there's you know, there's story, and if you lose, there's consequences. If you win, there's advantages, and it's really, it's a really neat thing. And there was uh, the drawback to some of those is uh, you. It's a kind of a once playthrough thing, so like you spend sixty dollars, and then once you're done with it, you can't really do it again because there's basically stickers and things you oh, kind of poke out. Yeah, it's a lot of fun though. That sounds. It is, Deep it to, is, and it's definitely... Yeah. Maybe if you invested with a group of people, I could see, but dang. That's a solid one, for sure. So, uh, some of the other ones, because of uh, my friend's time introducing me to games that he liked, one of them also being Small World, which I have become a very uh, big fan of in the sense I think we uh, skipped across this one when we were discussing it last the previous episode involving board games uh, it's I, I would say it's a faster version of risk or uh, any one of those conquering type games in the sense that it's 10 turns long uh, guaranteed and it's not who conquers the most land but who has the most points at the end of the game so your strategy can be different every single round the map's different the 
creature combinations are different. So it's it's a I enjoy the game because it's always new every time. You can't have a, a specific strategy that's always effective. And that has made me indulge in other games. One that, Manny, you actually introduced me to, but I never played with you, Boss Monster. Uh, I have, oh, yeah. in my own personal collection, now I have Forbidden Island, a game called Machi Koro, which is similar in the sense to Small World without the like risk concept. It's... You're building no a city risk. and you're gaining points. The person with the most points at the end of the game wins. You're competing against people, but you're not necessarily competing against them. Actually, I would say it's more like Dominion. Because that card game is... You're collecting points. You can do whatever you want to collect those points. You might help other players, but you're not necessarily interested in helping them unless it helps you too. Uh, But I've got another one that my wife loves. I'm definitely going to butcher this name. Takendoko. Uh, It's basically a panda game. So it's got, in the instructions, it's got a little uh, cartoon. And it's about Japan. Because the game is, quote unquote, set in Japan. But the emperor of Japan greets the emperor of China and the emperor of China gives the Japanese emperor a panda as a gift of friendship and uh, the gardener for the Japanese emperor is now upset because he has to change how he tends the garden to feed the panda who eats all of his hard work. Uh, In the sense, this is another game based on points, but you also build the board out, so it's like a threefold. You've got three ways of earning points when you play the game. Uh, But that, and Munchkins. I like Munchkins because it's very similar to uh, a very fast version of D&D, where you fight some monsters, you gain some points, and you win. Yeah, except in D&D, you're not trying to screw your party over. Whenever you have an opportunity well, to. Well, I mean, there are players that who is do. Cor- well. Unfortunate. Yeah, I was about to say, those are my least favorite kind of people to play with. Totally agree. Uh, that's part of why I think my favorite games to play are ones where it's the players versus the game. Like Forbidden Island and Pandemic. I'm definitely more prone to play the cooperative side of games than I am to do the competitive. No, I don't mind competitive it's fine, but I would rather accomplish something together. So how do you feel about Castle Panic? Because I have yet to play that, but have heard it is cooperative, but there is still a winner because you're earning points. Did you never play that with us while I was I've living? N- I've never played pa- Castle Panic. I've heard about it, but never played it. That's a fun game. We had a, uh, the one time I think I played it with uh, you, Manny, and the rest of the uh, team it was uh, it was a very clutch victory, which 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 spawned the the famous Doctor Doctor. Oh yeah, the bit from <laughs> from Mash. Yeah, yeah there you go. The, all the doctors shaking hands, which lives in infamy now in my hmm. heart. It was great. It was the perfect way to end that game. Oh uh, yeah, Mash. so Castle Panic is a lot of fun. Next time I visit, I'll definitely bring that down, Mike, because you definitely need to play it. I would say it's very light. It's very easy. I have gotten some expansions to it to add a couple of other elements of fun, 
But basically, you're just trying to protect your castle, and there's three different grids. You're trying to, well, three different colored grids and six zones total, two encompassing each color grid. And every turn, monsters spawn and move towards the walls, and you, likewise, are given defensive cards like knights and swordsmen and archers and all that, depending on what range increment the enemies are at will depend on what card you can use to defend yourself as long as as well as some other specialty cards to make the game a lot of fun. It's a blast. It's um it's a game I can rarely play just one session of and almost everybody in fact no I would I think I can say with confidence everyone that I've played it with so far has enjoyed it. I think it conveys itself visually in a very Easy to understand manner. Yes, it's a very, again, it's very light. So it's very easy to pick up, very easy to learn. I would say it's like, it's not even a game you need to master. It's just resource management or hand management, I guess, with the deck of cards in your yeah. hands. In which you can trade amongst other players to set up the cards in an advantageous fold per player. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. And I'm it thoroughly is. excited. And uh, I will throw in a curveball for you instead of you having to bring this game down this is something manny and i have much more easy access to and i have frequented this establishment twice don't know how many others there are available in our area but there is a a bar slash restaurant that is all about the board games and they have a giant library that you can access and play, just bring some friends over. The tables are set up intentionally for board gaming, so you don't spill your food on it, and the table has all the space for the games that you want to play. And uh, Castle Panic is one of the ones on their collection, as well as almost every single one of the other games that I have already mentioned. But he has the expansions. Well, I don't know if they have the expansions. We'll find out. I can bring the expansions with me if need be. That's not okay. Yeah. They also allow of... you to bring in your own board games, so that's cool. That is neat. Yeah, I have both expansions. There might be a third one now, I don't know. There's the uh, the Wizard Tower and the Dark Titan. And I have both. I have not played the Dark Titan yet, but I played the Wizard's Tower. And it adds quite a bit. It adds magic to your deck, which is pretty nice. Hey, so something I wanted to crash in on, Aaron, was earlier you were talking... Well, and then you, Mike, you brought up uh, Munchkin. But we kind of started to move in the direction of of kind of games that resemble RPGs. And, uh, you know, I didn't know I would enjoy it as much as I did. But the Pathfinder card game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that one's always been a blast for me. It's pretty yeah, much just I simplified D20 RPG, you know. It's, it's a mixture of that and it's a mixture of... Well, I guess this is this is really getting in, in a strange part, but there's a RPG video game that was on the GameCube called Bait and Kaitos. It was interesting because it it also had that sort of card-based combat system where you could either trigger armor pieces or trigger weapon pieces to do your attack and defense options. Yeah, that was a game I was always interested in playing but never picked up, and I definitely regret it. I've always thought it was interesting. It kind of compresses down actual Pathfinder modules, and... It's Pathfinder light, basically. I've always had fun with that. Yeah, the day 
uh, we sat down at your house, I believe, and uh, played Skull and Shackles for hours was one of the happiest memories I had. I still swear there's something we don't understand about the boat combat because it can't have been that hard. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I don't think we were doing boat combat right. And really, honestly, in our defense, we did read the rules several times. So I don't know. Maybe there's a YouTube video we can watch to simplify it. Because I still have those characters. You had to get that Thatco proper. No, this doesn't have Thatco. This is Pathfinder, man. There ain't no Thatco in Pathfinder. Well, this sounds super interesting because this is dabbling into a game that I always enjoy. And we can do a completely separate, long conversation about the individual. We could probably do an episode about each one of the uh, versions and... uh, types of D&D that we have interacted with because that is uh, an awesome experience. I think it's great for everybody to indulge in just once. You might not like it. That's fine. Oh, and something else that I like that's in the vein of that sort of high fantasy RPG thing is a game called Five Minute Dungeon. Oh, yes. My roommates just got that recently and we've played it a lot. It's so much fun. So I have the newest expansion called Curses Foiled Again. That was a lot of fun for us to play. I enjoyed when we did the mega birthday party celebration. Was it last February? Maybe a year ago? But anyway, when I showed up... One of the fabled birthmageddons. Yeah, I showed up at uh, the the party event and it was already going on and there was a space for an extra person. So I jumped in, caught the last half end of it it was a blast i think that was a super fun quick paced game that you can play a lot of always have a different experience but it's the group playing against the game and i i don't know what it is about those i think it just makes you enjoy it more instead of frustrated when like maybe you lose like it's better to be angry at the game for losing than like, be frustrated with the people you're playing against just because they happen to have better luck of the draw or a slightly better strategy than you. And it's definitely still easy to become frustrated with the game itself. The one if you're playing against the game. Which, speaking of, Mike, if you are a big fan of the everyone versus the board game genre, then I have a recommendation for you. I would recommend basically all of the Lovecraft games, all of the Cthulhu verse, um, anything from uh, Arkham Horror to Mansions of Madness to Elder Sign to Eldritch Horror. There are so many out there that are all fun and Eldritch Horror is very difficult very to get hard. A hold of. Nowadays, I think they stopped printing it. I think you're thinking of Arkham Horror. They just came out with third edition of Arkham Horror. Eldritch Horror was only made a few years ago. It's kind of like Arkham Horror, except it's instead of being just in Arkham, Massachusetts, it's all over the world. I tried to get Eldritch Horror for a friend's birthday last year, and uh, I kind of struggled to, to track that one down. Uh, plenty of Arkham oh, Horror, really? but it was... Huh. Yeah, well, then you're right. It, it might have just been out of print, or they just ran out. If I have friends that like playing Magic or playing Settlers of Catan... Could I be able to convince them to play one of these Cthulhu games? Or would that be a difficult stretch? I mean, I think it really depends on what your friends are looking for in a game. Uh, with Magic, there are certainly some magical elements in the Cthulhu games. Uh, there's 
basically eldritch magics that you can wield to aid you in your investigations. I think it's the card deck building that they like about it, not so much the lore and the information. They don't read, like, the text that doesn't... Well, first, some of them don't read the text on the card. (laughs) Well, yeah, so here's the deal. Like, I don't think any of the Cthulhu... Now, I could be wrong about this. I... While I'm familiar with a wide range of the Cthulhu games, I am not familiar with all of them. I have some people I could ask that know more than me, but they're not here. So I don't think there is a version of Cthulhu where it is just a deck builder. It is just you have a character, kind of like a character sheet, I guess, with health and your sanity and a few extra things like special abilities and how far you can move, what your investigation total is. Okay, so the the Cthulhu stuff that you're suggesting is very faster, kind of one-shot version of running a, a D&D or other tabletop game in that fashion? I mean, kind of. It's not... I don't know if I'd exactly put it like that. It's basically... Most of the games are divided into what are known as mysteries because most of the Cthulhu games, it's all about investigation and don't get me wrong. There's plenty of combat too. I rolled a 17 and I have a plus two modifier. What does that get me? You see, that's the thing. They don't use any D twenties. Ooh, uh, I rolled a 73 for percentile dice. What does that get me? That gets you, that gets you nothing. Yeah. Ah. You can just have that. You can have that on the side. That could be your fidget dice. I'm joking. Now, with with Arkham Horror, like, you roll D6s, and a 5 and a 6 is considered a success. So, if you were finding a creature that required, that had 3 stamina, you needed to roll 3 successes on your attack to kill it. And if you did not kill it, then it had uh, damage that it automatically did to you, uh, as well as possible sanity damage. And if you either lose all of your health or all your sanity, things go very bad for you. So I rolled the four. Is that a mixed success? No, this is not monster. Before of the week. we do a, an Arkham <laughs> Horror episode, I figured we'd change up the topic real quick. And I, I wanted to ask, which was the first non-vanilla board game either of you two have played? It depends on how you classify non-vanilla. But I think by the terms that we have uh, kind of hashed out prior to uh, this moment, it would be Small World. I would still kind of throw in Cranium because I think it's enough of an offshoot of the generic older versions of board games to be classified as a non-vanilla. Trying to get around the board. Because of, of how you interact and how you how you deal with it, but... I think by our terms... I, I feel like it's in the same family as apples to apples and such. I would still say apples to apples. A- at the time that it came out was definitely a non-vanilla, mixed up the game enough and made it interesting enough that it was a non-standard gaming style. But that's for a, a separate conversation for us to, to deal with. I will still go with my original statement... Small World, that was the first, by our current uh, discussion of non-vanilla, that was my first non-vanilla board game that I played. That's a good one. I've played it with you, Mike, and I I enjoyed playing it. I definitely, 
I felt like I was at a bit of a disadvantage because I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. But um, with all games like that, you know, you'll get better as you play more. So I would definitely play that with you again. Yeah, I enjoy it. It's fun. It's quick. It's got that risk feel, but it also has enough extreme variation and a small board that the turnover is good. You're not stuck in Madagascar the entire time because you can't build an army. Right. Well, for me, didn't really know any specialty board games existed until I met a gentleman that I used to work with. He invited me over to his house one day and he broke out Settlers of Catan or Catan, however it's pronounced. And Catton. I played that for the first time. Catan. Catan. Ripping some sweet catan. <laughs> Settlers of sweet, sweet catan. Settlers. Settlers of vape. Settlers of catan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, so, yeah, but I was exposed to that for the first time. And, you know, it is on the competitive spectrum, but uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I've always had fun with that one. Some people are prone to rage in that game, just like they would be in uh, Monopoly or something like that. There is a YouTube video. Just look up Catan Freakout. And this guy gets like so mad. He actually, they're on a card table, like a little six by six card table. He actually smashes the table to pieces. Oh, dang. Because he's Putting so mad. Yeah, list. he gets really, really frustrated. Because in fairness, like he was close to winning. And then someone pulled the thing where like, basically they played victory points. And then like someone pulled a Mario party on him sniped longest road from out from underneath him. It was just the, the sequence of events was just too much for this guy to handle. And he just lost it. But it was also that I first discovered Arkham horror. And at that point I would say that I really started seeing that board games had grown into something new and exciting that I hadn't experienced before. A new um, and interesting creature. Very much so. And really honestly, man, board games aren't going anywhere anytime soon. You go to Kickstarter and there are, dozens of kickstarters every month for board games that are trying to get off the drawing board and into our hands i think i grazed upon an article that was talking about how at least 2018 board games had taken over kickstarter yeah it's a good creative outlet for people to get resources they need to get their ideas off the ground or off the blueprints off the the drawing board like i said just a little while ago on my side of the table it was back in college. Uh, it, it was a, a group that kind of was adjacent to the same group of people that you got to know over on this side, Aaron. We got exposed to Munchkin. At the time, it was like one of the first ones that we were all aware of. I guess most other board games, if you think about it, the vanilla ones tend to be on the competitive side. Are there very many cooperative vanilla games? I'd have to take some time to actually assess, but... Uh, but anyway, it was it was super interesting to, like, you know, kind of do the, the math with your character and just keep amassing equipment and and ways out. And by the end of it, I got I got pretty good, but it was more through the metagame, uh, you know, bluffing other players and... Right, that game really just embraced the concept of metagaming right. to its absolute fullest. Making a few displays of force on one player... And then pretending that the rest of the nonsensical garbage in your hand is something you can threaten this other player and go ahead and yield and back off of you. 
But eventually, it just kind of worked its way into this routine where it seemed like a Cold War for most of the match up until you got to... Nine points? Yeah, level nine. ten was the threshold to yeah, win. Yeah, yeah. Up until, like, level eight or nine, then everybody cut loose. Yeah, that game, that game remains cooperative just long enough to where everyone is a bit stable with their hand and with their equipment, and then the cutthroating begins. Almost more often Throat than cutting, not, I you say, have I your... Uh, chaotically aligned player who like right out of the gate or as soon as they get a half decent hand they they pick someone and they start just abusing them it's it's pretty interesting to watch it's like i I guess i'll still argue that that game is probably one of the more semi-political ones i've gotten into at least in my experience what you mean like secret hitler oh yeah Mike, why don't you go ahead and tell us about Secret Hitler? I, I really enjoyed that one. That one was sitting in my back pocket as like a wicked pullout. Secret Hitler. I hope that everybody is in my personal agreement, but I understand if you don't agree with me, because you're allowed to not agree with me. But like, Nazis, bad. Genocide, bad. Secret Hitler, as a game, Really fun because it interacts with the idea of how Hitler became the power that he was and forged Germany into doing what they did. So everybody gets a bunch of cards. You find out if you are part of the Nazi party and are supporting Hitler or if you are part of what I guess would be called the progressive party the non-Hitler supporters. And in a sense, it's much like uh, vampire or uh, werewolves, which also play a same kind of process where you look at your card, you find out what character you're playing, and then you have to play that character. So one person is Hitler. Hitler has two or more people that are on his side and trying to help him win. In the smaller groups I've played in, uh, you usually only get one, but yeah, I, I'm aware of the okay. expanded yeah. list of minions. Um, but it's a process of voting. So every round, you have the chancellor of the voting populace who gets to offer up three different things to vote for and by three i mean you pull three cards and it's either a pro hitler party concept or a pro progressive party concept no details it's just an image and then they pass those three things on to the secondary person that changes each hand then that person picks two of those items and says here's what everybody has to vote on the group votes on one of those and it goes into play hitler and his party are trying to get three things enacted on their side to win and then the progressive party's trying to get three things voted in but each round you can also kill in the someone. version i remember the group doesn't get to vote okay you were right you'll have the one person take the three cards and they will take one of the policies out and then it is the main representative i guess the you said chancellor yeah. i don't know but yeah i don't remember it had two different tiers the one person picks it and then the second person goes i like one of these three 
I pick this one. The second person is only left with two policies, and they have to pick from those two. And it is that one that goes into law. Yeah, and so it's a bunch of haggling and, like, guessing and who's Hitler, who's not. Is this person on your side? Is this person not on your side? And no one can believe each other. And Yeah, and I think one person every round, and that one person also changes. There's one person every round that, like, just gets to say, no, I'm going to kill you. And they get to go bang, bang. That is based off of a certain amount of unlocks. I believe the negative side is called like just the, the fascist side. If certain, That's probably if appropriate. If a certain number of fascist policies get voted into law, uh, as it goes along, you gain certain perks. And it's the same for the other side, which I forgot what it is called. But yeah, once you go a certain ways down the, the fascist route, you are allowed to assassinate one player. But I also think the good side gets to try and assassinate someone. But essentially, it's uh, trying to get Hitler while you're at it. The reason I enjoy this game is mostly because the four times that I've played it, two of those times, I was Hitler and won. And then the other two times, I was on the opposite team of Hitler and picked Hitler, killed him first try. So, like, the games, did they lasted maybe two rounds, game over, because I killed Hitler. Or it lasted five rounds, and we killed enough of the good guys that we, as the bad guys, won. So, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that group interaction process, but it is also very confrontational. I think I would rather play like a werewolves version of that game where like there's one werewolf and then there's one cop or hunter that knows who the werewolf is or gets to ask and then everybody else is just generic villagers and the werewolf kills a person or converts them depending on the turn. The hunter gets a round and he picks a person or she picks a person in the group that's playing and the game runner DM character person who doesn't interact other than like they tell the story like eat silver Uh, fool yeah well the hunter gets to like point at a person in the group and the gm goes played by hugh jackman yes yes you are correct or you are incorrect and then everybody gets a round of arguing and they have to vote to kill somebody and you hope that you kill the werewolf before the werewolf collects x number of people or kills the hunter in which point you're basically screwed cool because you can't you can't figure it out but yeah 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 no i enjoy secret hitler it's very politically based because of you know hitler and genocide and bad stuff and i meant political you know in terms of yeah the allure the trying to gain leverage and deceive other people lying your way to the top lying your way out of a bad situation (laughs) it's really sad that you defined politics as getting leverage on people (laughs) well oh man it's just indicative of times i guess i've never heard of secret hitler but it sounds like a lot of fun it sounds like it might also be kind of like it's definitely got some one night werewolf flair and then also maybe a little bit of avalon and resistance with it if you guys have ever played those games and if you haven't i recommend those but more importantly, Manny, ask me if I support the Hitler party. Aaron, out of the blue with no prior prompting, do you support the Hitler party? 
Zeke, hell no. <laughs> oh, what a zinger. Uh, what do you mean, uh, no prompting? Uh, oh, what a, yeah, right, start guys. with a zinger, end with a zinger. Did not see that coming. <laughs> Audience, tell us about your favorite games. Yes, please end this. Thanks so much for listening to this wonderful, wonderful travesty. As per usual, I love any feedback from anyone. If you don't want to hit us up personally, always hit us up on any of our channels, guys. You, you'll you get them at the end there. Yeah, tweet at us, please. Tweet right? at us. Uh, t- tell us what you think. Give us some topics that you want us to talk about. Or just share with your friends. We probably have enough meat for another board games one, which I'm sure we'll get to eventually. But Board games 2, the second one. The prequel to the squeakquel. But please also share with your friends. This is how we get known. Give this to everyone. Ninja them. Tie them up to their chair with saran wrap and put your earbuds into their <laughs> ears. Ninja them? And say, listen to this. Play a board game and make them listen to this episode. Absolutely. Actually, don't. Don't do anything that'll get you arrested, guys. That's probably rule number two. Yeah. No, nothing illegal. So now it's... What's rule number one? Don't be on fire. Goodbye, guys. You can reach the host of Banter Banter on Twitter. At Brogar, C-R-E, for Manny. You can find Aaron at 8BitWizard. The 8 is Roman numerical. You can find me on Twitter at Mike8Time, the number 8. Email us at BanterBanterCast at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook at BanterBanterCast. The opening and closing theme is called Making Me Nervous by Brad Sucks off of his album titled I Don't Know What I'm Doing. Give it a listen or consider buying it. <laughs>